we started the show today talking about the Manitoba Marathon. You remember last year, they shut it down halfway through because of the heat. Now, likely that's not going to be an issue this Sunday, Father's Day, also Manitoba Marathon Day. As I said, cloudy, 40% chance of showers, high of 27, but the runners have been training in, in hot weather, so it likely uh, shouldn't be a problem for them, or certainly for most of the runners. Let's talk about this, though, with the executive director of the Manitoba Running Association, Kathy Weens. Kathy, good morning. Good morning, Hal. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Why do people run? I, I mean, listen, uh, e- even when I was younger I, I, and, and in better shape, uh, running didn't really appeal to me, but it is a passion for many people. It certainly is. Um, people get into running for a lot of different reasons. Um, some people uh, just love to run and have always run. Um, other people do it in order to lose weight or to help with uh, quitting smoking, um, just general fitness. But one of the wonderful things about running is that it's all-inclusive. All it requires is a good pair of shoes, and you can just go out your door Uh, So it's not an expensive sport to take on. Uh, You can do it on your own or you can do it with friends or you can get involved with a group. Um, So there's a real social aspect to it as well. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, quitting smoking. Um, What about the smoke in the air? I I mean, I don't know what the smoke in the air is going to be like on Sunday, but there have been times here lately where it's been pretty bad, and I imagine that could impact some runners in the marathon. It could, but it's not looking like it's going to be an issue on Sunday. Um, you know, like two days ago, it was quite heavy, and it that kind of heavy smoke would definitely be an issue. But uh, it's not looking like it's going to impact us on Sunday. Good. So somebody listening today, and, and I get it, you set a goal of I'm going to run the 5K or I'm going to, you know, give a, the marathon a shot. Somebody listening today that enjoys running, what's the first step in order to try and take on that marathon one day? Well, I've often uh, counseled people to start slow. Um, what helps a lot is getting involved with a group. Um, most of the uh, running stores in Winnipeg have uh, running groups. Uh, running Room has them, City Park Runners, uh, Big Sky. Uh, they all have organized runs during the week, on the weekend, and you can get involved. Uh, running with a friend or getting to know people through running, it's a great community and it helps to motivate you if you're uh, getting together with someone at a certain time. Uh, that that's the main thing that I suggest to people. And then start, if you're just starting out, uh, start with walking and then gradually bring in a minute or two of running and increase it slowly. I mentioned Winnipeg. You know, I'm thinking of some areas that are beautiful in our city. Winnipeg's a pretty good city for, for running, huh? It very much is, yeah. With all the parks, you can literally run from park to park. There's also all the trails, um, the, the Hart Trail, the trails at the Forks. Um, a lot of people have their favorite running routes. Um, we have uh, something we call pop-up water stations that uh, Aldo Furlan puts up on the weekends all through the summer. And he just 
pops up somewhere with water and uh, helps out runners on whatever their favorite route is. Oh, you're kidding. How long has he done that? Oh, he's been doing it for years. Yeah, Really? He doesn't, he doesn't announce where he's going to be until he has set up that morning. So huh. that's why they're called pop-ups. Hey, Kathy, do me a favor. Uh, when the interview's over, don't hang up. Jeff Forche um, will get uh, his info from you because I'd love to uh, to talk to him. Uh, that that cool, sounds yeah. really, really cool. Yeah, no problem. Excellent. What about you're your, the Manitoba Running Manitoba Running Association? Where else in the province uh, do people like to run? Everywhere. And, and that's the wonderful thing about running, as I said before. It, you can just literally go out your back door. And uh, as an association, we're a nonprofit association responsible for the sanctioning of road running events throughout the province. And um, our calendar, well, this year has 40 events on it, uh, and they're from all over the province. So we have um, a run that we sanction up in the Paw, uh, Swan River, uh, Altona, Winkler, all over. <laughs> and do people come from all over to run, not just in uh, the Manitoba Marathon, which is coming up this Sunday in Winnipeg, but in some of these other runs as well? Absolutely. Yeah, um, there's a run in Kleefeld that uh, attracts people from all over southern Manitoba. And uh, there's Winnipeggers that will go up to the race in the Paw. Um, and, and then, of course, the Manitoba uh, Marathon attracts people from all over the province, outside the province, and sometimes even outside the country. Mm-hmm. I think running became even more popular than it is or had been during COVID, right? It was one of those things you could do outside, you could do it alone, you didn't have to do it around other people. Have you seen any sort of a growth in in running because of the three-year pandemic? Uh, Yes, I would say yes. Um, With all the gyms that were closed over COVID, uh, people who normally would just go to the gym and work out started to do some running because, as you said, it was something they could do during COVID, and Mm -hmm. some of those people have stuck with it. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, We gave the website for the Manitoba Marathon earlier, manitobamarathon.mb.ca. What about your website, Manitoba Running Association, if people want more information or maybe want to check out some of these other runs you were mentioning? Yeah, they can go to um, mraweb.ca. That's our uh, our website and we have our calendar up there all the events that are on the calendar are have a race page on our uh, website and uh, you can get more information about membership with the MRA because that's what supports us and we then we in turn support the events and support the runners mraweb.ca Kathy thank you for your time I really appreciate it you're very welcome 1041, that is uh, Kathy Weens, Executive Director of the Manitoba Running Association, as we uh, sort of focus in and, and highlight the Manitoba Marathon, which is happening here in Winnipeg on Sunday. Again, manitobamarathon.mb.ca. Maybe you're not running and you're looking for street closures. All that information is available at that website. And then Kathy's website, the Manitoba Running Association's website, is mraweb.ca, mraweb.ca.
Joining us on the phone now, Rob Berkowitz, Executive Director at the Rady Jewish Community Center. Rob, good morning. Good morning, Hal. How are you today? I am excellent. Thanks for doing this. You, you and I have been chatting since you announced this, oh, I don't know, about a month ago. Uh, but it's going to be part of the Sea Bears game tonight, and then you're going to be at all the other uh, uh, games with the other sports teams in Winnipeg. Tell us about Hate is Not Welcome here. What's this initiative? Well, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I mean, listen, it's not uh, it's not an, uh, uncommon to all of your listeners or to you that the, the rise of hate uh, of all types in our society, in our community, and around the world has is, is become, uh, you know, quite a significant topic of conversation. And so this is really a concept where where we've identified that, of course, we can be from all kinds of different backgrounds. But one thing we can we can agree on is how well or poorly our, our local teams are playing. We we can be from 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 different countries. We can have different economic uh, situations. And, and we can agree that, 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 that so-and-so doesn't back-check well enough and he makes too much money, you know, as one example. So, <laughs> right. so yeah. sport, sport, I think, beautifully unites people of all backgrounds. And so that was really the starting point for the Hate is Not Welcome Here initiative, uh, to bring light to the fact that, that hate is a, is a feeling that, that is derived from, you know, negative past experiences. It could be societal or cultural experiences. It could be our own personal experiences. And the reality is, is that it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable, and, and none of us should want to be a part of a society or community that perpetuates the ability to, to do that. And so by putting together this, uh, this, this initiative and working cooperatively with all six of our pro teams, which have been really lovely about doing it, they, they've all bought into it immediately, uh, you know, really embraced it. And, and we're kicking off, as you said, we're kicking off tonight uh, with, uh, with our first game and the Hate is Not Welcome Here tour, if you will. And uh, we have one game a month uh, that starts tonight. And, and every month for the next six months, there'll be a game culminating in November with our last game of the schedule, which is the Winnipeg Jets game and everything in between. So we're pretty excited. We've got a lot of people coming tonight. As you know, the Sea Bears are drawing very well. Yeah. Uh, they're off their great start. Uh, there's a wonderful vibrancy and energy in the building when you go to Canada Life for their games. And this is just something that we've added, uh, I hope, that is, is added and embraced uh, by, by the patrons and, 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 and those, those fans that will be there this evening. And so what will the game experience be for people then, uh, for fans that are at this game tonight or other games where hate is not welcome here? Tell us about the, the program, if you will. For sure. For sure. So we focused on identifying... Uh, like-minded organizations that are often the targets of, 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 of hatred. So, for example, Folkorama is a great one, not because Folkorama is a hated uh, entity. I just meant that it, it celebrates culture, it celebrates tradition. But mm-hmm. the individuals that represent those wonderful pavilions around our community are often the targets of some of these type of negative activity. And so I'm pleased to tell you that you know, this evening you're going to see, uh, if you're in attendance, you're going to see members of the Ethiopian community, the Portuguese community, Irish, Romanian, Cuban, Caribbean, uh, Croatian, Filipino, Polish, and I could go on. I mean, it's really outstanding. We've got members of the of the Aboriginal Sports Achievement Center coming this evening, the, the anti-racism and sport community, Jewish Child and Family Service. Um, and so essentially the concept is to get all these individuals in, 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 in these arenas, in these stadiums, in these ballparks, and they're, we're going to work cooperatively with the teams. We've, they've incorporated us into their game day presentation, so that could be a combination of PA announcements, uh, Jumbotron, ribbon board, uh, profile and image. 
and just the celebration of the fact that when you come to any of these sporting events, any of these uh, these these games, hate is not welcome there. And so that's really what this is all about. And so I think it's going to be a great testament uh, to people that believe in that sentiment and want to perpetuate that philosophy. Uh, the feedback from our our sponsors, our donors, our, our members of the community uh, has been really, really outstanding, and, and they've really embraced this concept. You're right. There's no doubt that hate is on the rise. And sometimes, you, you know, when I have to report on these stories, talk about the hate and, and some of the specifics, I go, how 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 can we as a society deal with this? And it's by talking about it. And that's why I was so anxious to have you on, Rob. Christian O'Mell, our our sports show host, beat me to it when you first announced this. And I'm glad you're back today as you get ready to kick it off tonight at the Sea Bears game because I think we we combat it, we fight it by talking about it. And I love what you're saying about how we can all kind of agree on sports, right? Maybe maybe we, we have differences of opinions on the team and, and sure. whatnot. But you're right. Sports brings us together. And I think this is a perfect place to try and fight the hate that's out there. Well, thanks for saying that, Hal. And also, thank you. You're right. You you were the first to reach out to me. I'll tell you, we got some wonderful feedback uh, when, when we blasted this and launched this out. Uh, collectively and collaboratively, but you reached out really, really quick, and I want to thank you for that, and thank you for 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 making the time to promote this concept. Uh, you know, all these tickets that are being uh, distributed to these organizations are complimentary, uh, not meaning that they're complimentary in the sense that they didn't cost anything, but we've been we were able to uh, to accommodate these needs to also be supportive of our local pro teams with local donors that believe in this premise, and essentially said to me, "We're into this." What do you need? And I'm yeah. really grateful, and it's it's a it's kind of a proud moment as as someone that you know is involved. I'm not the only person involved in deliver this. I certainly don't want to take any of the credit, but as kind of the, I guess if you will the lead on it, it it, it has given me a great sense of pride. Uh, the the level of feedback and support that has come out of it, and I don't know if this will become an annual thing. I, I, I'm not certain that it, that it, that it will. I, I don't know if it will, but but I think that this is one small. Thing that we can do it's a grassroots effort there's no question about that um but it's important and uh and and, and like i said i'm so proud to be associated with it thank you for all your support now you've always got an ally in me um rob appreciate your time and good luck good luck tonight at that Seabears game as you kick off hate is not welcome here thanks so much Al. have a great day you too rob berkowitz is the executive director of the radish jewish uh, Rady Jewish Community Center, again, hate is not welcome here, this initiative, and I think it's great. We'll be at the Sea Bears game tonight, and then, as Rob mentioned, it will be at a, a bomber game and at a, at a Jets game and, and all that. It's just after the news at 1130. Sarah just brought you the news, and it's Thursday. So that means we're going to talk with Carolyn Classen. Carolyn, good morning. Good morning, Hal. How are you? I'm good. Excellent. Always great talking to you. CarolynClassen.com or ConnexusCounseling.ca. I talked to a professor at the University of Manitoba uh, on Monday. I know uh, one of our global news orders talked to you about that horrible stabbing at Olive Garden in Transcona. I just wanted to give you an opportunity here as I start with a couple of uh, more serious topics, and then we'll move to some fun ones with Father's Day coming up on on Sunday. But 
Um, the trauma of that for the people that were, the, well, the, first of all, the young woman that was attacked, the people that were in the restaurant, uh, customers and, and workers, and then just the trauma generally for people hearing about this horrible attack. Maybe that's their end of town. I think we're all on edge about this sort of violent crime. We are. Uh, and I, I think what I would just like to remind folks is that what happened was horrific um, and it was awful and we are alarmed and uh, it kind of freaks us out because it's supposed to. It would be weird if it didn't bug us, right? And so I think we have to, in this world where we're really sort of talking a lot about post-traumatic stress, this, as people are alarmed about this, this isn't a disorder of post-traumatic stress disorder. This is a very normal thing that happens where people experience traumatic stress. Of what kind, where people are asking themselves, what kind of world do we live in? People are maybe not sleeping as well at night, having nightmares, they're having intrusive thoughts in the days after something as awful as this. That's a normal reaction by a normal person to a very abnormal and horrific situation. And our bodies are designed to get a little freaked out because we're we're thinking about things, we're processing, we're making decisions, we're figuring out about the safety of this world in a way that helps us make good decisions moving forward. This is supposed to happen. And for the vast majority of people who were witnesses to the experience, those symptoms that feel uncomfortable, uh, which are designed to be helpful and, you know, adaptive for us, the, most of those symptoms will subside for people over the next couple of weeks. Um, and people will kind of return to just being aware that it happened, but not freaked out in a way that is disruptive in their lives. And only a very, very few will go on to develop symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, which would be when those symptoms don't disappear, don't subside, and may, in, for some, even increase. And that's those people will need to get support and treatment. But for mm-hmm. the rest, we need to be a community to each other, be supportive, remind each other that we care, that you matter, um, come be with me, I'll give you some routine, we'll, just, we'll do something fun and I'll distract you. We just need the normal support that we give to each other when horrible things happen. Right. Um, Listen, elder abuse is horrible. Today is World Elder Abuse Day, Awareness Day. And I I just wanted to touch on this. Um, I know my audience, there are some people out there uh, who have elderly parents. There are elderly people that listen to this show. And I think it's important on on today, this day, uh, to talk a little bit about this, Carolyn. Oh, man. I uh, worked um, as an occupational therapist in hospital, helping people go home after hospital missions for years. So very vulnerable folks. And you just had a sense of how it's really important for people who are helping, supporting formally and informally, helping vulnerable folks to have a lot of integrity. Because so much of when people have decreased hearing or decreased vision or, you know, are tired more quickly or not able to think as clearly as they used to or have memory issues, it's so easy to take advantage of people who are elderly. Uh, and often because people live alone in their own homes and so it, nobody's watching. And so the only person who knows you're doing bad things is the person who's doing the bad things. And I just, mm-hmm. C.S. C.S. Lewis says integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching or even when only one elderly person is watching. So I think it's really important for people to remind themselves of who they are, what their character is, what they stand for, and to make good decisions about relating with integrity to people who are vulnerable. I saw a stat this morning, and I had a question after I read the stat. The stat, first of all, is 17% of couples, only 17% of couples, 
say they're actually happy with their current partner. They're in a a relationship of one kind or another, and only 17% of couples say they're happy with their current partner. And so the question I then asked was, well, why do so many people stay in unhappy relationships? I don't know if the number is 17 or not, but it's an opportunity for you and I to have a conversation about this. Listen, there are a lot of people that do stay in unhappy and unhealthy relationships. There are, and you're right, the number sort of surprises me, but the point is made, and what I wonder is why are so many people content to live in unhappy relationships when there's opportunities and resources and tools and skills and work that you can do to make an unhappy relationship happier? And often people think I either have to stay in the unhappy relationship or I have to leave, and I'm always encouraging people to consider the third option is make this unhappy relationship better find ways Mm. of working at it and it's work and it's hard and it's risky but man people that do that work it's worth it what's the first step having a conversation saying hey i don't know about you but i'm not happy i think that's that's a really good first step right like do do you care enough about us to invest together with me into making what we've got better because you know there was a spark that made it all make sense years ago and can we find that you know, can we find our way back to each other? Can we figure out the damage that we've been doing to each other? Can we figure out how to heal some of that and find better ways of being good to each other so that we actually both get something out of this? Yep. Hmm. Um, And then obviously, you know, professional help if it's needed. And and there are people like you that are obviously willing to to offer that help. So, uh, but I was just curious about a about a first step and and listen in in a relationship of any kind whether it's a friendship a marriage or uh dating communication is is key and and that's always a good first step being honest hey honestly here's how i'm feeling let's talk about it let's let's try and fix it and i i won't share the whole story with you but it's gone viral on tiktok carolyn this dad fakes his own listen to the links this guy went to he fakes his own death to teach his family a lesson He's 45 years old, um, and he he roped his wife and kids into it. And then as and they're literally at his funeral, and all the other family members have gathered, and he flies in on a helicopter <laughs> and starts consoling them with a camera crew and everything. If you go online, you can find it. And and basically, he said, "My family w- was hurting me." Uh, we all grew up apart. I felt unappreciated, and I wanted to give them a life a life lesson and show them that you couldn't wait until someone is dead to meet up with them. I mean, <laughs> crazy, but I thought, you know, Father's Day is coming up on Sunday. I think it's important to send the right message to Dad, pay tribute to Dad, and maybe this conversation that we're going to have about this particular story now, Carolyn, reminds people to reach out to those people, whether it's family or not, that maybe you don't talk to or or get together with enough. Absolutely. I think it's so powerful that this TikToker said, I miss my family and I want to sort of wake them up and have them understand and see my need to, my desperate need to want to get together with them. And what is remarkable is that this Mr. Barrington, I think his name was, he had 165,000 followers on TikTok, but he faked his own death because the people that are close to him and that matter to him, he felt like he wasn't being seen and loved by them. And so he went to these extreme measures, and sure, it made for good TikTok, but he went to this because those followers didn't matter to him nearly as much as the people that um, he loves and is close to, and he just wants to feel their love and belonging back.
Yep. Uh, take some time for dad on, on yeah. Sunday and make sure you, you let him know how important he is to you and all that kind of stuff. Carolyn, thanks a lot for this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Take care. All right. Talk to you next Thursday. Carolyn Klassen, Connexus Counseling. Again, carolynklassen.com. You can sign up for her newsletter there and then also connexuscounseling.ca.